but wait, there's more. No, I'm kidding. I just felt like, man, that was the perfect tagline right there. Thank you, guys. Um, before we jump into the word, I just, I had to uh, mask. I do it every time. Thank you, Adriana. Such a good friend. There we go. Good morning, church family. I just wanted to say, man, you need to get yourself a friend like Isabel. I was uh, shaking in my, in my uh, shaking like a leaf this morning, and she just tells me, you know, I, I count to see how many ums the speakers say based on, you know, what Pastor Chris had told us in years past as we were preparing. So thanks, Isabel. I know you got my back. You're counting for me, and she'll, she'll give me some feedback when we're all done. Um, Good morning. It's so good to be with you, church family. My name is Jessica. I am um, uh, one of the life group leaders. I co-lead with Adriana. Um, And it's such a joy to be with you this morning to help us celebrate God, God and all his goodness with Testimony Sunday. So um, to anchor our time together, (laughs) to anchor our time together, um, we're going to be reading out of John chapter 15 this morning. So if you are able, I invite you to stand um, for the, to honor God's word. All right. So we're reading out of John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we are just so grateful that um, we can sense your presence here this morning. It is no accident or coincidence that the worship that was sung this morning has led us to this truth that we cannot do anything without you. You are our sustenance. And so we just want to continue to praise you and glorify you by testifying of your goodness, of how by remaining in the vine, the one true vine, we can see the good fruit bear in our own lives. And so would you speak, um, just continue to speak and stir in us, move in us, God, as we hear from each other, as we lift you up and glorify you of your faithfulness, of your goodness in our lives, Lord God. We thank you for what you've done in our lives, what you've done in the people that will come up to share, and what you will continue to do in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, you may have a seat. Thank you. All right. Well, I chose this. um, I really felt that God wanted this to be um, the anchor passage for this morning because it really shows how we are solely dependent on him. We cannot do this life without God. And I feel in this room, I see some of you nodding because you know that, because you have experienced that for yourselves. I love how Jesus, to give a little bit of context, Jesus was telling his disciples this um, because he knew it was about time before he would leave them. And so he was preparing their hearts and their minds for what was to come. 
reminding them that while his physical body wouldn't be with them, that they needed to continue to connect to the true vine because they couldn't do it on their own. I love how he assured his disciples to continue that connection and relationship even though he was to depart from them. And as we saw in these verses, this idea of connecting to the true vine, while it was like a commandment, there's also this sense of like he's inviting them. He's inviting them and that there's somewhat of a choice. And I think even though Jesus was speaking to the disciples, we know this in our own lives. It's a choice to remain in the true vine. We know what it's like when we don't remain in the true vine. We know that abiding is something that we must choose into, just like the disciples had to choose for themselves. I mentioned um, that I'm a part of the, a women's life group here, and we named ourselves, ourselves the Well-Watered Women after a book we um, have been reading through. And so I wanted us to spend a moment in this, um, just an excerpt from the book, because I love how it paints the picture of what life is like when we are not remaining in him. This is the story of a thirsty woman. Not that kind of thirsty, by the way. Okay, some of you, your minds, I just know. Shame. <laughs> thirsty in the sense that this woman um, is not abiding, is not remaining in the true vine. The moment her eyes opened, she grabbed her phone to browse the headlines, scroll social media, and check her email. In the span of 10 minutes, she stumbled across a devastating news story, a post where her friends were all together without her, and an email from her boss telling her about a mistake she had made. That last one, that's where I found myself a few weeks ago. I'm sure you can relate to this woman somehow. She was crushed. She'd gone to battle without her armor on, and before the day even began, she felt defeated. She'd been given the very weapon she needed to conquer the day, God's unchanging word. But she had settled for a cheap imitation instead. So, as we open up the floor in just a few moments to invite you to come share about how you have seen God moving in your life and convicting you and moving you to a place of freedom. We know that it takes abiding in him. We know that we have to remain in him. And I, I wanted to share a quick testimony of how I've seen that in these last few weeks. How am I doing, Isabel? No ums yet? Just two. All right. I'm telling you, she keeps it real. <laughs> so... October 1st, I started my a new position. For those of you that don't know, uh, I'm a teacher, and I'm still in the teaching world, but uh, it's been very different since, since October 1st. Uh, I do believe, I firmly believe that this job was a gift from God. It could have only been from him. Uh, like the word said, that God prunes us. God has been pruning me and preparing me for this, and it 
it has been such a gift, but it has also been the hardest thing I've ever had to do as far as work. As I mentioned, uh, my boss emails me regularly about how I'm failing. <laughs> so it's been a very humbling experience. Um, and friends, I have to be honest with you. From October 1st to maybe October 31st, to give you a sense of time, right? You see me up here and you think I have it all together. I don't. In that month of like struggling, of feeling like a failure, of hearing the lie that, oh, Jessica, you weren't ready for this. You should not have accepted this position. Not once, not once did I abide. Not once did I remain in him, the true vine. Not once did I ask God for help. Not once did I invite him into that. Not once did I turn to scripture or open up to a friend. All of the things that we know help us, right, in, in these situations. And it wasn't until I'm not even sure what helped to open my eyes. It must have been that, like, the realization, man, I really am struggling here, and I need to ask for help. And so I um, opened up to my life group. Um, it turns out that someone in my life group was going through something very similar and could speak truth into my life. I was able to start praying before I stepped out of my car, surrendering my identity to God, and surrendering just all of the frustrations and the failures, and um, spending time in his word, right? So all of these things, remaining in him, going to him when, our, when we are troubled, when we feel like this burden is too much to carry. And while I can't stay, stand up here and tell you things have gotten easier, this job is still kicking me in the behind. Um, I feel, I do feel that my burden is not my own to carry. I know that I can turn to him in prayer every morning. I know that I have friends that I can reach out to that are praying for me to help me carry this burden. I know that I can turn to his promises. That's what it means to remain in him. That's what it looks like to remain in him. And I know that I'm not the only one who has experienced this. And so I would love to hear, I'm sure we can all say that, we'd love to hear of some testimonies. We felt the stirring during worship. Maybe you have a story that is worth telling, but you're not brave enough, right? Just know that this space is a safe space. There is no judgment here. Your stories are worth telling so that you can uplift our spirits, our weary spirits, and more than anything, so that you can give glory to God who is worthy of it all. That's what we worshiped about this morning. So, whoever is feeling that stirring in their heart, I just invite you to come on up. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what God is doing. Come on up, Stephen. Good morning. My name is Stephen. And I'm a professional victim. I'm really good at being a victim. 
I'm really good at whatever situation I can tell you how I was the one that the wrong was done to. Even if it was my fault. Even if I'm the one to blame for whatever happened. I'm really good at saying, at twisting it, twisting the story, getting you to believe that I was the victim, that it wasn't my fault. <clears throat> and that's how I lived my life for a lot of years. A lot of years I lived my life that way. I started coming to this church in 2011. Uh, I used to live with Mark and Christian. We lived right there when it was back there on Griffin Avenue back in the days. And it was a good time. You know, it was a good time. But me, having that victim mentality, I was so good at taking whatever the sermon was, the scripture, people, the affirmations people would give to me, twisting it to make it say what I wanted to say in my head, taking the words of God and using it for my own, my own will. And what I would do with that is I would use that to justify the way I was living my life so that way I didn't feel guilty for the poor decisions that I was making. It was a way for me to live the life the way I wanted and avoid the consequences, or think I was avoiding the consequences at least. I got married to my wife, uh, Maite. She's back there translating. And she, she's an amazing woman. We got two amazing daughters back there in the, uh, the kids' daycare. Around the time that we got married is when I fell. My self-centeredness, me wanting to live the life how I wanted, it escalated to the point where I became a full-blown alcoholic and got deep into other very uh, hazardous situations. It's funny because I never thought of myself as, I never thought I could be an addict, you know? I didn't start drinking until I was like 21. My whole life I lived like doing what I thought I should be doing was raised in church, all of that, you know? And I would, if anything, like my uncles and all them, I would look down because of their drinking and be like, oh man, like this, you know, you, you, they interested in God. <laughs> they, 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 they ain't, uh, you know, taking in um, the scripture. I was a hypocrite. That was me all day, 24-7, until it escalated and the alcohol got out of control. The stuff I was involved in got out of control. I, I uh, you know, emotionally hurt my wife, manipulated her, my family, friends, just so I can continue living the way I was living. And eventually, thankfully, God stepped in and God did for me what I could not do for myself, which is he had... Uh, my wife kicked me out of the house, right? So I got kicked out um, for several months. And that was finally when that happened. This was four years ago now. When that happened, I was like, yo, all right, I need to look at myself, you know? I need to, to look at myself and see what's going on. And so finally I was willing to do therapy, start going to AA meetings and different other things like that. And so it's been a four-year process of me trying to figure out, or not trying to figure out, of me rebuilding my relationship with God. It turns out that I had a lot of anger towards God, a lot of resentment. It turns out that I blamed God for the consequences that happened to me. 
It turns out that I used God and I put myself as the victim. I'm the victim of God's, God's cursing me. Or I would say, oh, you know what? God's testing me by putting these temptations in front of me. That was all me. That, that, that was all me just, you know, being self-destructive. And so God has been working with me and showing me how God has been there all along every step of the way. It's a trip because, you know, I, I went to college and all that, you know, and through that process, I started to read about different religions and kind of study, like, the way people think about God. And so in my head, I was taking apart God. I was like, all right, well, I believe this about God. I don't believe that, you know, this kind of thing, thinking that I was trying to dissect and take apart um, my faith. But what the, <laughs> the trip is, I didn't realize the whole time it was God who was taking me apart. It was God who was dissecting me. It was God who was showing me what was there. It was God who was doing the work in me. I thought I was working God. God's slick. God was working me the whole time. And I was like, wow. Thank you. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you. And now my relationship with God is one where I know less than I ever did before about God. I'm unsure. I'm way more unsure than I was before about my faith. But it's 100% real, 100% authentic. And the love that I feel and experience from God, I believe it, and I own it, and I take it in. I take responsibility for my life now. I'm learning how to admit when I'm wrong. I'm learning how to say, yeah, you know what? I messed up. I'm learning how to say, you know what? I need help. Um, I started going to the men's group. Then we, meet, we started meeting on Tuesdays, now, I mean on Mondays, now we meet on Tuesdays. And it's been incredible for me being with other men, because that's what I liked for a lot of years. Men who could speak into me and keep me accountable. Men who are living the lives that I want to live. And to me, that's been so helpful to see men who are living the life that I want to live. They, they're the kind of fathers that I want to be, the kind of husband that I want to be, the kind of friends and men that I want to be. And so being a part of that group has really helped me in my faith. And so I'm just so grateful, so grateful for this church, and so grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen, for sharing. It's, man, it takes a lot of vulnerability to share something so personal, but I just, I hear the common thread of, really how friendship is part of remaining in God, right? Like we need, we need to be surrounded by people that emulate what we want to see in ourselves. And so thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, what a beautiful testimony of what remaining in God will do, bringing freedom to your life. So proud of you. Come on up, Nefti. Uh, good afternoon, church family. My name is Neftali. I, I didn't have any plans to come up here today, but I'm just going to freestyle this. Um, <clears throat> so he wanted us to share something what God's doing with us in our life, right? And at this point right now, uh, I'll just go back five years ago, about 2016. 
Um, I was broken inside and out, and I was scarred inside and out as well. And at the time, I didn't know where my life was going. I didn't know. I, w I had goals and was really far from reaching them. And I knew that I had to come to God at the time. So uh, um, I lived in front of a church at the time, but I never stepped into it. And it was, uh, so I got so desperate one, t one day, and uh, I just went out there. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to, I know there was a relationship with God, but I didn't know, um, yeah, I didn't know how to engage it, right? So I, I remember going across the street and uh, just got on my knees on the stairway there, and I just, uh, I just said, help. Because I didn't know how to pray, right? And I said, help, I don't know how many times. It must have been like 30 because I didn't, that's all that would, would come out of me. And uh, so I kept, you know, pushing through. Yeah, I was at a full-blown addiction. And um, yeah, um, it was pretty bad. And I kept pushing through, and I went to start going to, through... Uh, through programs, right, and through classes, I just, I was so desperate that, that I, I knew that I had to do something, he says, uh, right, help yourself, right, and God will help you as well, but, um, yeah, I pushed through the whole situation, I just wanted to share a really, really short, you know, it's, uh, that um, this October, I, I celebrated five years clean and sober, so, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. I want, to, I want to thank everybody that stood behind me, my church family, my family, my immediate family, my sons. <laughs> Teresa, everybody that supported me through the struggle. Just thank you for being there. I appreciate everything that the church does. And, uh, yeah, I just want to be, give a shout-out to the men's group that happens on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. at Felipe's house. If anybody has any questions, go ahead and hit any, any of us up, all right? Uh, thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all, I didn't know the mentor group was going to hijack today. Like, what's up with that? Man, God is doing amazing things in that group. Come on up, Gina. And if you know Gina, you know this is hard for her. So, but, but you also know that God is at work in this woman, so listen up. Okay, so I was supposed to come up here to tell you about... I'm going to tell you anyways. God seen me through. I just want you guys to keep the faith. Reason being, I went to prison. I was supposed to get out in 2005. And I ended up getting out in 2002. Um, Everybody laughed at me in prison because every day for three years, I would say, I'm going home. And everybody said, yeah, you're going home. Um, you're going home in 2005, November. But then I wouldn't have had Mary. Um, and every day I would be like, going home, bye. So for me, God is real, God is true, and God is faithful. And no matter how silly it seems, God is going to see you through. It's not the world. It's this. But the other testimony I have, because of the scripture she said, was I've been coming to church since Chris started. I'm one of, like, the first ones. And um, 
I would come and every time I was offered like a job uh, or some little thing, whatever it is, leadership, I still haven't, I'm not gonna step up. Um, but as I've been coming to church and praying and trusting that God got me, my husband doesn't come to the church, but he prays, he seeks, and he knows that God is real. And I see the transformation in him. He talks about God, and he's never read the Bible because he's not a reader, but he knows God's word. He knows God's scripture. And for those of us who are married and don't see the hope, your, your dude or your chick or whatever, um, your significant other is going to change through you. Just keep the faith, keep the prayer, and trust that God is on your side, and he loves you, and he will always be there for you. And that's my And I have to share just a little bit about, all right, Matthew, I see you. <laughs> Knowing just a little bit about Nefti's story and about Mary's story, like it does, it does go back to that passage of what it looks like to remain in Jesus, the one true vine. Like Nefti and Mary know what it's like to be hungry and, and just searching for what's real and what's true. And I've just seen a little bit of that. Like when you stay the course, when you are faithful to him, he will be faithful to you. And it's about being connected. And so thank you both for, for sharing about the victories and the freedom in him. Matthew? Uh, uh, yeah, it's great to be back, but how many of you were here in August when I mentioned that prayer pays off, especially if it means leading your own family to Christ? Well, I hate to embarrass or put my dad on the spot, but since the end of July, I've actually been leading a Bible study via Zoom with my, one of my cousins, his nephew Gino, in Riverside. And I gotta tell you, it, it's don't get me wrong; it doesn't mean I'm not gonna be a part of any of the groups here because I I will eventually. But you know, I, I just seeing his 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 humbleness to lead more of his relatives to Christ—that's really helped me remain in him the, um, these, past, um, these past few months, even before I started coming regularly with my mom, my mom and dad and brother Paul, who you see here. But I got to say, leading and conducting a, a group with, with Gino um, has really um, opened many doors. And sometimes he'll ask me, he'll say, hey, Matt, what do you think? Or what do you think about this passage? Or how, how, do you have anything to add to this? So, if if you think if you think you can't lead your own family to Christ or do it in, in that kind of way, it, it can be done. You, it, prayer does pay off. And in fact, three years ago, he invited all of us to Harvest Crusades. <laughs> so I gotta say that that's one thing to be joyful about. But bottom line, don't ever. Give, give up, you, you know, praying for, for your lost relatives, even if it means having to invite them to your own little group, which is what, which is what he's been doing since July. So there you have it.
All right. Prayer team, if you can. Oh, okay. One more. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. And I've had the honor of sharing a life group space with you. You are so knowledgeable and so faithful and remain in him. So thank you for sharing. Hello. I, I had to come up and represent the Spanish uh, group. I had to. So it's a little bit of a double testimony. Uh, there was, you know, one day that I'm, sorry, I'm Veronica, and I lead the Spanish Bible study. And there was this one time I was just tired, overwhelmed. I was like, oh, why? maybe we should cancel today and just feeling tired. And so, you know, I didn't. And we, we had our, our group and we were sharing uh, just alleluias, you know, and we were, you know, alleluia is a word that is used to just honor and celebrate what God has done and who he is. And I read the definition and it says, it's one of the, the, the most joyous words that we can say to, to give to God. And so, you know, we, we heard the song, you know, I lift an alleluia, I levanto an alleluia. And then we were sharing about some of those victories, some of those moments in our life. And um, so I'm sharing a little bit of a testimony from Nancy, who is uh, one of the, the members in our group. And she shared, she's, she has a, a, a very beautiful testimony of what God has been doing in her life. And it's been almost a year that uh, her dad passed away because of COVID. Her brother passed away. She's had a lot of pain and sorrow this last year. And last year, she was having severe panic attacks. She was in the ER. She was taking medication and just having constant panic attacks, especially because of feeling like, am I going to die too? And so she started coming to our Bible study. She, you know, very quiet initially. And so um, recently she shared how she realized that, oh, and, and the other big thing is that she had lost her job. So through these last few months, she was looking for a job, but just feeling like, I'm waiting on God, but nothing's happening, and what's happening? And so, you know, she kept coming to Bible study, and she shared with us that she was feeling tired of waiting. She was feeling kind of like, God, are you going to do something? I'm trying to do things differently. I'm coming to you. I'm trying to stick with you, stick with the group, and, you know, what's happening? And so one realization that she had is that even though things hadn't changed yet in her circumstances, she was feeling very different, and she was seeing how God had been transforming her. And she said, I realized that I was not having panic attacks anymore and that I wasn't feeling depressed or sad or scared. And I, I felt a little bad, she said, that I wasn't feeling sad anymore. And so she shared that with her group. She just was offered a position. And so she, we're very excited. She starts tomorrow. And she's uh, through Zoom. She's here. So Nancy, we're so excited for you. And, you know, just the beauty of testimonies and sharing with each other what God is doing. We left that evening just, you know, feeling in victory. And I was so glad that I was there. And the, you know, tiredness and the ways that I was feeling overwhelmed. It was such a beautiful thing to hear what God is doing in the life of our group. And, and that special testimony that she shared. So thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Vero, for sharing on behalf of Nancy. Uh, worship team, if you could come on up. I, man, I just want to echo that. Like, Vero, even when as leaders we 
are feeling. Oh, come on up, Phil. The floor is yours, man. He's like, I want to share. Okay, I'm not getting in the way. Um, I want to use this, before I share, I want to use the airtime to promote the men's group again. Uh, I go to the men's group, so does Steven, so does Nefty. Um, our men's group is real simple. Like when we meet, we just kind of share highs and lows throughout the, that we experience throughout the week. And we just study a really short scripture for maybe just like 20 minutes. Uh, but it's a really rich time. And uh, it's been really rewarding and just so helpful for my life and for my marriage. So come out to the men's group at my house, uh, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Um, so this testimony is for, uh, meant to be an encouragement to share um, a word or an image or a scripture that God gives you for, for somebody else. Um, all right, so my, my, my name is Felipe, and my wife is uh, Veronica over there, and we are 20 weeks pregnant. And, <clears throat> but around, Around um, week, week 12 of our pregnancy, um, that Sunday at church, we're right here, and during like worship, I'm just there, I'm not really like into it, I'm kind of zoned out. Um, to be honest, like I get distracted by like football. Um, yeah, so anyway, so but during worship, uh, Lucy, she shares an image with me, and she, she tells me that like she sees an image of me holding like my child's hand and like my child looking up, um, looking up at me. And she was really like, intense about like sharing the image in the moment I was like okay that's cool you knew we were pregnant already so like that's not really anything like special to be honest if that that's that's what I was thinking um but then church is over me and Veronica we go home and then we're making lunch in the kitchen and Veronica just casually says like oh I need to go use the restroom and then uh, I hear her yell from the restroom that she's bleeding and then I I go into the bathroom and then yeah, I'm not exaggerating when I say, like, there's, like, she's, like, gushing out, like, blood. Um, and at that moment, like, I, I, I'm scared, and I feel like I'm, I, I lost, <laughs> I lost my baby. Um, and so, Veronica gets up, I look in the toilet, I stick my hand in there to um, see if there's any, like, mass or anything like that. And I pull out like what looks to me like some type of like, I don't know, flesh, maybe what could be amniotic sac, I don't know. This is our first time being pregnant. I don't know what it's like. I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, and so I see this like mass and I think like, oh my gosh, like this is the thing that was like holding the baby. I don't know if like the little baby, like, the rest of it like went into down the drain or whatnot. And so we're, we're both just really feeling like we lost, like we lost our baby. Um, and we go to urgent care. Before we drive off, I, like, say a prayer. I, I say whatever prayer I could muster, you know, like, as I'm thinking that, like, I lost, that I just lost my child. It was really, really hard to pray. Um, so we're driving over, really quiet drive, somber drive, and we get to, we finally get to see the, um, the ultrasound technician, and we, we had done a couple ultrasounds uh, before, um, and every time they told us that they can't show us like the live like footage or whatnot. But I think the technician she saw that we were scared. She knew that we were like first time parents, and so she turns the screen, and there we see uh, our baby moving around. Um, and then after, as we're as we're walking out of the of the of the hospital, um, then I remember the 
the image that, that Lucy shared with me. And then it clicked in my head. I realized that like God was giving Lucy that image to share with me um, as a way for God to comfort me and Veronica in that moment, in that moment where, when we were thinking that we lost, we lost our child. It was really hard to like be grounded in that, in that image in the moment, but like I just felt so uh, loved and seen by God that like God at least made like an attempt to comfort me and to comfort us um, in a moment where we were really scared. And so when God gives you like a word or image to share with somebody, share it because uh, you never know like how um, God wants to impact uh, that person with, with that image or with that word. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to share. God is so good, and he is at work in our lives. So thank you all um, who have had the courage to share this morning. Um, worship team, if you could come on up just to move us into a time of response. And I believe Gus has a word for us, to or wanted to share a word. So this morning when I was praying, I was asking God for a word for us. And I got a word, but then as the worship team began to sing that song of, of um, more than blessings, Jesus is what I want is to be with you. It reminded me of, um, of something that uh, Omar from, from Hope Community Church in East LA said yesterday. And he was... He was reading off the scripture in Corinthians with the, uh, there was 10 lepers who, who saw Jesus. And when they saw Jesus, they started yelling to Jesus for, for help. And, you know, he just tells them to go ahead and, you know, be on your way. And, you know, as they were walking, they began to be healed. And, you know, yesterday when Omar was speaking this, it was like, wow, this like, Many of us, we do that. You know, we go to Jesus for, for, for healing, you know, for help. And, and what does he do? He gives it to us. But then what happens is we walk away from him. But then there's the one leper that turns around and he comes back to Jesus. Now, I know in the song it says, you know, more than blessings, what I want is to be with you. Well, Jesus wants to give you a blessing. You know, don't, you know don't, don't get me wrong. He wants to bless us all. He wants to heal us all. You know, but what he wants also is for us not to just receive that and walk away from him. But to stay with him. To receive the blessing and to come back to him. And to, to remain with him. And... From my experience, you know, the, the, the blessings that I've seen, those blessings, they will continue. Because you're not stepping away and you're beginning to fade away from him. But as long as we stay with him, others will be able to share the blessings that, that he has shared with us. So, yeah, so during prayer this morning, it just felt like Jesus was just saying, to receive his blessing, but also to don't just step away from him, but re 
receive him more than the blessing. And the blessings will never end. So I just want to pray that over us really quick. And Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for, for this word and, and reminding us, Lord, about how you are always willing to bless us, Lord Jesus. But I thank you for reminding us, Lord Jesus, to not just receive the blessing and walk away, but to receive the blessing and to remain with you, Lord. And Lord, for those of us who right now who, who need a blessing, who need uh, a physical healing, or to who, those of us who are just feeling uh, hurt right now, uh, pain in our hearts, Lord, I pray that you would just, just bless these people today, Lord Jesus.